we went on the, off on this tangent, but I quite liked it. I think we should try and keep that in. Yeah. Do what you want, mate. Have you got any questions? Have we, have we got questions? I've got a few little questions for you. Welcome to the Escape Everything podcast, where we talk to musicians, artists and creators about the challenges they face trying to escape expectations and build a life around their own creative passions. I'm James Garside, and this episode is a special doubleheader as I talk to internationally published street photographer and journalist Dan Jin, who earlier this year packed in his day job and set off to explore Central America. We caught up to discuss his plans the night before he left, and then again on his return to find out what happened. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, no, I, I didn't really plan on having you back on on the podcast quite so soon, but you kind of like jumped the gun and actually going to go off and live the escape everything dream. Yes, I am escaping everything. Excellent. Um, well, not everything. I'm escaping toxic things. Um, what do you mean by toxic things? Well, you know, just the day-to-day grind of life. Get up. <laughs> Go earn your money, get in, sleep, get up, go earn your money, get in, sleep. Of course, you've got, you know, you've got social life and things in there, but just, it was just time to stop doing things I didn't want to do. I mean, I don't know how long that will last for, hopefully forever. Hopefully if I can always go and do things that I actually want to do, career-wise, personally um but yeah so yeah quit my job quit my house gave all pretty much excess unnecessary belongings away i've got it down to two bags i've got a little bag and i've got my you're a man after my heart mate <laughs> i uh <laughs> and i got i got my uh what, travel backpack whatever rucksack whatever you want to call it it's not a rucksack it's one of those big ones bergen bergen and um yeah, I'm off to Central America for three months. Amazing. And then, yeah, it's going to be amazing. I mean, I'm not looking forward to the Great Depression when I get back, but hopefully we can keep going. But, yeah, fly out on Wednesday, Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Costa Rica, Panama, Miami. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so jealous. So yeah, um, was there like a tipping point or anything that made you suddenly decide that it was time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always had the desire to explore, and I guess obviously, um, my girlfriend she shares the the same desire. So I think when you two people who come together, you know, in a relationship romantically and and whatnot, you uh you kind of inspire each other to take take that that step um and it just felt like the right time you know i was approaching um my 30s and i was like do you know do do you want to look back and say oh i should have done that i wish i did that or do you want to look back and say i'm glad i did this and i'm glad i did that and obviously it's a no-brainer when when you say it like that, and it was the latter. So, yeah, we just, you know, put the time in, saved the money, um, 
how Did what was, we could. How was saving the money? Is that a challenge or? Mm-hmm. Very, very challenging. Difficult at times. Um, I mean, I've I've always been someone who kind of worrying about money wasn't really my thing. What I mean by that, I don't mean I had enough enough money not to worry. I just mean, you know, I was I've always been smart with my money, but I'm not. I've, I know I've been a, a penny counter, so I'm. I'm I just don't think it's something you should get stressed about if you can and just live within your means. I've always lived within my means, but saving as hard as I had, I really had to change what my means were. Um, And that's quite difficult because you get used to a certain kind of lifestyle and, you know, a way of living. And then all of a sudden you have to just go, let's change all that. And, you know, then you start thinking, you know, 20 pounds feels more like 200 pounds kind of thing um so it has been difficult but it it, it's taught me even more and helped me develop discipline Mm -hmm. um and just the value of of finding kind of happiness and fulfillment in life without having to get your bank card out um that's cool so you know being being creative your friends your family um, you know, there's, there's, there's really no reason why we, why we need money for, for happiness. We need it to live, mm-hmm. but you can still be happy even if you're, you're, you're penny pinching. So do you think that's going to change when you come back? Are you, when you're, you know, well, what's your plan when you come back? Um, I'd like to think. Well, I'll either go one or two ways. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep being quite, you know, disciplined. Or I don't know. I'll just go out and buy crack every week. Like I, just, <laughs> I won't buy crack. All or nothing. <laughs> I'll, it'll be all one way or the other. I'll be, I'll be dead two weeks after I get back. Or I'll be, be carrying on, kind of that lifestyle. And and even whilst we're away, even though we've got you know a, a considerable uh, lump sum of money. Um, for me, it's not about free spending and stuff like that. It's about having enough money to, to eat and get shelter and, you know, uh, experience things. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I want to take this time, even though I'm in another country and I'm exploring and I'm traveling, to, to just kind of just focus on the the basics of life, uh, eating well, exercise, uh, meditate, be productive, write, take photos and you know I don't, I don't need to spend an excessive amount of money to be able to do that um you know my only expenses really should be during this time is like I say it should be somewhere to sleep somewhere to eat and then obviously days out and travel and stuff like that um maybe the odd drink on my 30th but and it's Laura's 28th as well so I think we're gonna have a tree house in Costa Rica amazing so yeah, I mean, it won't even feel like it's her birthday if we're in a treehouse in Costa Rica. I'd be like, this feels like my birthday. This is, <laughs> but um, yeah. How, so. how much of it have you planned already? Or are you gonna? Um, I mean, what I tend to do is I've just gone on each country and just like things to see, and we've planned like a a rough route, and like obviously we've. You know, if we're going to go there, we, we, we want to see the things that we definitely should see, um, like some ruins and some volcanoes and things like that. But, you know, for the kind of, we haven't done it 
step by step we've 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 left quite a, a bit of room for flexibility uh because you know if we if we planned it and then we get there and it's like oh well this is terrible and we're like but we've already booked five nights here we want to be able to have the flexibility of you know this is great let's stay longer or this is terrible let's let's move on so yeah we we which is quite scary actually um i, I wanted to kind of become an expert but at the same time i wanted to have that kind of freedom of just oh carefree exploring but when you go into what they say it's considered as a developing country you know you you it's a different world to 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 what what we know and i've not really been in that situation before to be honest with you so yeah I don't, you know it's gonna be amazing yeah no mm-hmm. it will be but it's as as excited as i am you know i i'd be lying if i said there was there was not an element of kind of apprehension um but verging on a bit of fear i guess but you know that's that's the whole point of exploring isn't it and and developing yourself and making yourself internally stronger you just break through that kind of hesitation to to dip your feet in the unknown and just walk straight through it and that's what i'm gonna do that's what we're gonna do good work (laughs) applicable to everything right Mm -hmm. creative process Mm mm-hmm are you going to, so you said you're going to do some writing and photography when you're there. Do you have any sort of specific um, intentions for documenting your travels? So I'm going to do it all through my blog, um, danjinphoto.com. <laughs> uh, no, I do it all through the blog. Um, and then, yeah, for, for me, writing is, I, I do plan it, but I think the best writing comes from the the unknown the spontaneous you know and, and i don't know what i'm going to face out there and what what's going to kind of be a good read be a good story be, be something that someone can relate to um i think you know i'll, I'll write a lot about kind of from a, a a relationship standpoint what it is like going away with someone you're in a romantic relationship with and spending every single minute of the day with them for an extended period of time because in the normal world we wouldn't do that mm-hmm. you know we 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 and I think it's a bit different from when you're with like a buddy, when you're with a friend. Like if, if things get a bit sour for for a, a day or two, you you kind of get on with it. But I think it kind of when you're in a relationship, I guess sometimes you want the experience to be so perfect and everything you ever dreamed of. And then you know when one wakes up in a bad mood and you know the other one's a bit hungry and then you're being snappy with each other, it, it can it can impact you more. So I think just kind of writing about how you can make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously photography as well. I'll be going out on the streets, um, shooting, you know, what, what, what I see, um, and what I'm attracted to and just kind of giving a, an accurate perspective of, of what life is like there. Um, but trying to give a positive one because you, you read and you read about developing countries and you hear about, you know, crime and stuff like that. Um, and photographers sometimes they like to do that, and we've you know we see it. But for, for me, I think good kind of human life is everywhere. You know, in in extreme poverty, in, in extreme wealth, and everything. I think you can find the good, and I'll, I'll probably through my lens want to be focusing more on that. Really, yeah. I, feel, I mean, I feel like you you there's potential for you to have some quite interesting travel articles from a slightly alternative viewpoint because I think the way that you look at things through your photography mm-hmm. it's a bit different so maybe you know I think that'd be quite interesting just to 
do you doing that while you're going around? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, if I can maybe do a bit of freelance writing as well, away from the blog, um, that'd be great. Be really good. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, I wanted to actually talk about uh, some of the, what you did with your phone. Oh, yeah, my... Uh, your dumb smartphone. My dumb smartphone. Yeah. I wrote something about this, actually, but, um, but yeah, we can talk about it. But, yeah, so I think you and I, we, you showed me the light phone. Can you show me the light phone, actually? You told me about it, but I've not actually seen it. That looks like a book, James. Here's a book. There's a phone in it. Can, can I have a feel of it? Get this thing out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you and I, we we'd had a discussion about about the light phone. This is a version one, isn't it? So it just does calls. It feels so nice. Um, <laughs> and with the light phone too, it was just essentially calls, text, alarm. Calls, text, alarm. You can maybe book a taxi or. Um, do maps as well. They're, they're potentially saying that you could do maps. Wow. So, basic essentials, really. So I thought, I'm going to go get the light phone too. So I got online, I got excited, and it's not around until April 2019, at the earliest. So I thought, oh, well. I looked at alternatives, and there's some ugly choices out there. I mean, some of these phones, like, they, they, similar concept, but just bulky or you know just really bad kind of graphics kind of thing i think the the, the light phone too will have like um increder kind of like like a kindle really that that's what it'll be like so i thought well i'm not going to go buy a, something i don't like um so i'm going to turn my phone into essentially a light phone so i removed all social media that's gone facebook instagram twitter snapchat um They've all gone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm just left... If, if you go on my homepage, um, essentially, I've got Uber, uh, play music. So, so I, you know, I could, I'd, I'd class that as an essential. I like listening to music, and I didn't want to have, like, a separate kind of MP3 player or something like that. Um, online banking. Maps, WhatsApp, calls, texts. And then I installed an app blocker. And blocked the Play Store, so you can't download any more apps. Um, there'll be a code put in by you before I leave today, <laughs> um, so I can't access it. Turned my phone black and white. So, and the reason I turned the phone black and white is because you know, as as smart and pioneering as the human mind is, you know, we see pretty colours and we just get like stuck to it. Um, so turning the, f- the 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 display on 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 the device black and white made it less less attractive to look at so i, d- I didn't want to look at it i don't want to use it that much uh i take it off silent so I, I don't need to kind of just constantly check if i've been messaged or how does that work in because i i wondered about that whether you still just check anyway no you don't no I, at first i did the first few days um it was like a tick so what I did is I got a stress ball. I just had a stress ball in my hand. And then that kind of just replaced the, the clever. compulsion to just get my phone out and look at it. So I had, And then 
and then I got rid of the stress ball, and I just kind of just do this with my hand. I mean, people can't see this, but it's kind of just kind of rub my thumb across my fingers if I get that urge to kind of just get my phone out um, for no good reason. But that that's another thing, actually. So if I do pick my phone up um, on my screensaver, it asks me, why am I in your hand? And if I can't answer that question with a justifi- uh, justifiable answer, then I just put it back down. I was like, oh, uh, there's literally no reason for you to be in my hand, so I guess I should put you down. But of course, <laughs> if it's like, oh, I'm reading a text message or I'm making a call, then then I'll use the device. That's good. And you're not worried about when you're traveling, wanting to you know, use anything further? or Yeah. No? No. I, uh, and to be honest with you, quite the contrary, I'm, I'm looking forward. The whole part of going traveling is, you know, just to be off the grid, if that makes sense. I mean, I'll, I'll still have, um, like I say, WhatsApp will be there. So when I'm in a Wi-Fi area, I can text people and stuff like that. My, I'm taking my laptop, obviously, so I can edit photos. So again, when I'm in, when I'm in a, a Wi-Fi area, probably in the evenings and first thing in the mornings, um, you know, I can check Facebook and things like that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely banning myself from social media. Mm. It's just in terms of the phone. Um, I kind of thought about it and I thought the amount of time I spend where I actually need to use it, so if that's updating Instagram or something like that, versus the time I spend when I, where I really don't need to be using it, then it, it was very one-sided towards the negative rather than the positive. So I thought, let's just take it from there. I can send out uh, an Instagram post on my laptop first thing in the morning um, and then I can check kind of engagement you know, last thing at night and respond to people and go like that, you know. If if people can't wait a few hours for a response on an email or a Facebook message or Instagram, then the world's lost. We should go into that a little bit more, actually, because uh, you've last, the last, say, six months, maybe a bit longer, you've had quite a, uh, well, maybe the last year, quite a specific and, like, um, structured approach to how you're growing your Instagram and really pushing hard to develop that and grow your audience. Mm-hmm. How have you been working on that? In terms of with the fun now, or no, just in general, like that's yeah. been like you're, you've been quite prolific in put, putting out lots of images and yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's been it's been great, really, and 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 it is you know it it has grown. Um, you know, I've, I've got I think in the last six months or so, I've got my 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 followers have increased by a few thousand. Um, the engagement's there. People are noticing me more. Um, it's been great to kind of direct traffic from Instagram to my blog and then people sign up for my blog and then, you know, that kind of ticks that box and then I've, I've, I've got that kind of constant engagement with them when, I'm you know, I can send out a weekly email just with a new blog piece and things like that. Um and it is, it's a lot of fun and it's great and you feel something growing and, and you put the work in. But then it's quite sad as well. And, and I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of run all over Instagram and other things, but it's just, I don't know, just, it seems more important to get engagement and get likes and get follows and, and be known more than get better at photography and not just for me i just feel that seems to be the general rule for the new generation um 
and I saw I saw a post the other day that said you don't need to be a talented photographer to be successful, and it's true, but it's sad because I think in any art form, before any kind of recognition or appreciation from other people, the main objective should be to become a master of of the act itself. So become a master of photography, become a master of painting or writing music, um, be an expert and, and grow that. But it seems people are more inclined to make a mediocre product and then smash the marketing online. Yeah, I mean... I would, I would maybe I have a slightly different view on like artistic medium in terms of like I think it's also subjective in terms of what makes a good painting or mm-hmm. photograph or whatever. I totally agree that you have to immerse yourself in your um, chosen medium, really. Mm-hmm. But I guess like the reason that a lot of people are becoming high profile without any understanding of that is that i mean generally they're just sharing stuff that people are relating to easily and it's kind of like really superficial like level of in, in interaction there and i'm not for that at all whatsoever what i think makes really good art and really good artists is when they're using it for self-expression in some way so rather than necessarily being technically the right the best thing mm-hmm. best photo it's about what they're trying to say with that photo and what their messages and that's Mm -hmm. that's not about knowing your skill at all it's about knowing yourself really well and being able to know what it is you're talking about or you know being able to um externalize and or vocalize or you know in in some ways put out there like your point of view Mm -hmm. and so i don't necessarily think you have to be technically really advanced to do that you just have to be able to be really honest and forthcoming with what's going on i um i got an email the other day from a from a reader of someone who reads my blog and um he was 69 years old he's a subscriber and he emailed me out of the blue and he was you know he's very kind actually about what i do um and he was even more kind to suggest it well he said that i inspired him to to create which I thought was great because you know I'm you know I'm 29. He's he's, he's nearly 70. Um, anyway, we, we got back and forth. We got talking, and he um, naturally I just said, "Can I see some of your stuff?" And similar to what you've just said, you know, this 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 guy, he kind of he wasn't interested in the technical aspect per se. He, he, he knew the basics. That was clear from his work. Um, but it was like, you know, I'm not here to to tell you I'm an expert. I'm just here to document how I see the world through street photography. And there's kind of a looseness to that, if that makes sense. It's kind of, I think, I think if you've got two aspects, if you're someone who, like I say, wants to be a master, and I, I still stand by what I just said, I think, I think that, should if you're taking it extra seriously uh real really seriously i think you know being a master of your craft is is important mm. so if you're looking at it from that aspect or you're also looking at it from you know you want to be a master marketer um so so kind of the same thing related 
But then you've got the people in the middle who are just like, yeah, this is just what I do. It's what I love. It's how I see the world. It's what you get. And then his images were just lovely, really. Some really beautiful photography. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I feel like maybe there's like less of society in younger generations uh, like appreciative in that way. Like I feel like more and more people, like people, so many people are hooked up on it's you know that whole like the medium is the message thing. Mm-hmm. Like people are hooked up on like the conduit, like the actual the technical part of it, rather or like you know rather than thinking about like in music, people are like getting hooked on gear. Like I've been like this, mm-hmm. buying loads of gear, wanting all the coolest stuff, wanting some crazy synthesizers and stuff, but without any like real like proper mm-hmm. musical knowledge. And like actually, the really important bit where all the attention should be focused is on the musicality. I call it God. What? Gear obsession disorder. Yeah, totally. And you see it in photography as well. See you know? it in any creative, like you know, in any creative pursuit, like sports, anything like that. Yeah. Because that's that's how that's how advertising works. Mm-hmm. You're basically trying to make this link between this superstar that you watch. Oh, and they happen to use our our kit, our, mm-hmm. our equipment, and so that's how you want you talk people into it because that's you'd convince them that. Mm-hmm they buy the same and they'll be able to do the same so everyone's hooked up on that as oh well that's all you need to do it rather than actually thinking about what it is that they're doing with that and everyone does it and it's quite it's such a battle to like stay away from that but you know. I I agree um, and I was very lucky one of my early photography tutors and there's you know he, this wasn't his own phrase this is there's many of it many photographers um that have kind of used this but you know one of the first thing he taught us was uh he, he taught us to all to get out our cameras so we get all get our cameras out and you know there's a wide range of, of different cameras there's dslrs there's mirrorless you know all this stuff great lenses not so great lenses and um he made the point of that you've all got these different cameras and they all do these different things but none of this will give you an advantage over the next photographer because it's just purely a tool. He said that the, 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 the best photographer in this room uh, won't be the one with the best tool, but who knows how to use all tools the best way. Um, and then from there, I was just kind of like, yeah, it seemed really convincing. And, and, and now, you know, I just, I have two lenses, one body, mm. done. That's all I need. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I've just got mediocre lenses. You know, I've got I've got one of one of my lenses is is a top range one, um, but it wasn't essential, and it it just uh, it's a 24 to 70, so it gives you that kind of versatility, and you know, it, it does make wonderful images, but still, to make a good photograph, it's it's not the lens that that does that. That just that just tells a story clearly. But the photographer has to be the one that comes up with the story, um, not the lens. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's. But even when I go travelling, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the twenty-four to seventy here. So I'm just going to go around with one body and one one fifty millimeter. Are you? Yeah, interesting. And I can't wait. Uh, it's it's it, you know it's a good fifty millimeters. It's good for things. You can kind of you can still do a bit of a wide angle on it. Not not that wide, but you know, and and you can. It's a prime lens, so you dictate, you know, how tight you get or how far out you get. And, you know, it was, it, it, 
it wasn't about having all this great gear for to go to go traveling with it was just about do you know the 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 the, the mindset is that the 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 good photography has to come from my mind not not what's in my hand so i think that limitations like that uh are excellent really helps you think about what you're doing before you do it it's absolutely absolutely nice right uh one other thing i don't know don't know if you want to talk about this but i <laughs> i just read your post earlier about uh your meeting this weekend i wondered whether you wanted to yeah no that's fine um do you want to say who I met, or do I want to say who I met? You met your dad for the first time in ten years. Yeah, ten ten years. Maybe I don't know. I, I it could be longer. It could be a bit longer, but I can't pin it down. But so I, I've I've just kind of rounded it up or rounded it down to ten years. Um, but yeah, about about ten years ago since since I saw him, and uh, yeah, it was such a a surreal kind of even now it feels weird that I saw my dad the other day and spent the day with him it just I can't I can't really describe the it's positive Mm. the feeling is positive but it's just yeah it just when someone's kind of such a big part of who you are and they've also, you know, for the first 15 or so years been such a prominent person in your life. Um, to not see them for that long and then see them, it yeah, it just, it was a, a, it was a great decision. I'm glad I did it when I did it. Um, but yeah, it still, it still hasn't really sank in. Hmm. That went on the piss with my dad. <laughs> well, I haven't. I didn't make a note of what, what exactly you said, but there was something in the post, something along the lines of like facing or overcoming like lingering resentment that not that you necessarily hated your dad or anything, but you felt like maybe there was some underlying resentment, maybe or yeah. I mean, I think you know that to rest. Yeah, my, my dad and I kind of touched on this as well. Like th- there was never a. a a massive falling out or it all went wrong here. I just, I just think it, it, he just wasn't in the right place at that time to, to be a dad. And it wasn't a case of, he didn't want to be, he just, from my perspective, didn't know how to be. And, you know, he was a weekend dad as well. So, you know, it, 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 my, my parents split when I was quite young and then you just get to a certain age where, yeah, you become a bit resentful. It's like, you know, why haven't I got the... the Not that I ever wanted my mum and dad to be together. Like, the, it would, that would be the worst thing ever. But um, you do sometimes say, why couldn't I have had a mum and dad? You know, regardless of who those two people are, that could have been together, you know. Why couldn't I have had uh, another brother and sister and we had a great family and why couldn't, you know my dad have been ready to have a kid at the right and, and you, you start building resentment and you, you're frustrated with the mistakes that they've made so I guess yeah I, that took over and I just kind of put a distance between us but I guess my mindset has never been throughout that time that I'll never see my dad again mm. 
it's never been like I will never speak to him again or you know I, I don't want anything to do with that man it's not it was never like that it was just a case of I need to go be my own person just I, I moved down to London as well and then I just started becoming my own person and it was a case of I can't let any resentment or bitterness or hang-ups about the past constantly dictate the present and the future. Um, and I need to, you know, I need to be able to come to peace with what's happened. And in a way, and it's very difficult because when you're angry at someone or people, to then tell yourself, I need to have empathy for them can be, it, it's difficult. And it took me quite a while and it was a process, but it, I always knew what I was working to. And I've been able to have empathy towards my dad uh, and 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 see it from his perspective. And, you know, throughout these 10 years, he's never given up. He always wanted to get in touch and meet up and stuff. And I have to focus my energy more on that. And, you know, one of the things I said is uh, I wanted to focus my thought process and energy on the things that I'm fond of rather than harvest things in my mind that 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 I'm not so fond of and then yeah I just got to a stage where I was just like I I can I can have all the things that have happened in the past and be content and come and speak to you Mm -hmm. and that's what I did and that's what we did you know it wasn't a big therapy session um we went on the piss to be honest with you um how was it was it a bit awkward to start with or was it no i honestly it 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 felt like i saw him yesterday it felt like i saw him yesterday um and it's because he look i look so much like him and uh it's just and i saw that some of the mannerisms and behaviours, which are positive mannerisms and behaviours, that he has, that I have, like, and I don't know, there's just something interesting about that. When when, when you haven't seen someone for, for, for such a long time and then you see them and it's like, it's a bit like looking at yourself, you know. In many ways I'm very different to my dad, but obviously I've got, I've got, traits of his like i say good ones probably some bad ones as well um and just seeing that is just yeah it's strange and it, it just kind of reinforces that idea that y- your parents will never not be your parents and they'll always be no matter who they are they'll be that kind of connection and you can't get away from it um do you wish that you saw him sooner no no, absolutely not. I um the I right have, time. It was the right time. Um I needed to like I say, be my own person, be my own voice. Um and it it was the right time and I think as well I've I've got to give a, a lot of credit to Laura that Laura's my girlfriend. Um she too is from kind of a broken home environment. Um, and I know it's cliche, like it, it affects you, but it does. It, you know, when 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 you see relationships not work out or be quite toxic or you know the, the instability and stuff like that, whilst you show everyone 
is doing their best to make it work, it when it doesn't work, it, it does impact you. But I, I, I saw her kind of laid-back approach to her own situation and her own ability to have empathy with, with her parents, who are great people, by the way, like, but, you know, just like everyone makes makes mistakes because parenting sounds really bloody difficult and that's why I don't have kids nor intend to have any anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw that and that kind of really influenced me and I thought, you know what? That that mentality is far more healthy um, than, oh, my parents didn't do this, so I constantly dislike them. Um, you can, you can, you can't change the past, but you can change how you let it affect you and how sure. how you look at it. Yeah. The thing is, like, I think that's that's a really good observation that you know I've been trying to just take into literally every situation. You know, it's easy to, I think your ego sometimes gets a bit bruised, and it's easy to get resentful, mm-hmm. and you know whatever. But like, it is true that like everyone's fighting from the same difficult point of views for yeah. themselves trying to trying to have that perspective when you're then dealing with things and mm-hmm. trying to see it from other people's point of view and then trying to see what you can learn right yeah and develop and grow and honestly i feel so much lighter i feel like so much kind of negative energy is just fine the final bit has gone um i don't know what this means going forward um you know i I'd, I'd like to keep contact um yeah it's never going to be that dream american i love your pops <laughs> just playing catch at 30 years old with your 55 year old dad you know that's never going to happen um but and you know, I've I've got a, a brother and sister as well, a half brother or whatever you want to call it. But you know, a half brother and sister. But they're, they're also a part of me, and they're they're also. Have you met them? Uh, not not my sister. Um, my brother, yes, but like he was four when I last saw him. Mm. He's a teenager now. Um, but yeah, just just through being raised by my dad, they will have similarities to me. And also, I think there's kind of even just something through the genes as well. That kind of, I mean, I've got no scientific proof for for that, but I just I just sense there's 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 parts of us that get carried through in terms of behaviours, and you don't necessarily have to see those behaviours to 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 take them on. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so it would be nice to see my brother and sister i think they've probably got some questions for me it sounds like my sister would um my my brother seems a bit laid back go with the flow kind of guy but my sister will probably want to know who i am where i've been why i've not been around and hey listen i'll i'll have that chat yeah have you made any plans to see see your dad again no i said we said look uh you know because i saw him on saturday and i fly out in two days it's like i'm gonna go do my trip I'm going to see where life takes me and then then, then we'll talk. Um, like I say, it's never going to be, well, just because I never intend to live in Leeds again. Um, sorry, Mum. Uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> 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 I, um, 
you know, I'll never be going around every week for Sunday dinner and stuff like that. And that's not because, you know, I I couldn't think of anything worse. That's not what I'm saying. It's just I've got my life now. I've got my life in a place where I'm happy and I've, I've got the people in it for the amount of time that they're in it. You know, some people are, are in it constantly. Some people are in it every now and then. And that's not being ruthless or, or anything. It's just it, it, it makes... We, we all have to do and build a life that makes us happy. Um, and, yeah. Nice. Hey, it sounds like you got your shit together. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to, like, come crashing down in about six months' time. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. You're heading the right way, I think. Hopefully. Well, uh, I hope we all are. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Sweet. Uh, um, yeah, no, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. And You're I more than welcome. wish you every happiness and success in your trip i hope it's gonna be amazing I know oh you it, will. i know it'll be amazing you'll hear all about it oh yeah i'll be keeping an eye on your <laughs> insta <laughs> we'll have to speak through facebook won't we because you don't whatsapp i, I can whatsapp i can whatsapp i like the fact you don't whatsapp I can do it at night no i just i, I just like the fact you don't whatsapp i don't want i don't want to whatsapp with you okay well i'll facebook message and uh message you and i can write more there anyway because i'll be typing but i'm only allowed on it 15 minutes a day though i've got a lock that blocks me so you'd have to be brief <laughs> okay we'll be patient for responses that's that's fine okay that's good good stuff cool thanks so much man all right no worries dan hello welcome back <laughs> Hi, mate. i feel welcomed how are you so, doing yeah good so i mean um yeah, I wasn't quite expecting to to do it like this. Uh, life kind of got in the way, so we didn't even release your previous episode. But I think it's kind of cool yeah. that we can sort of summarise what what went on and uh, some of your experiences. Now that you're back, we can kind of compare your your uh, your thoughts and your expectations from before and see. see That's just a, a, a polite way of saying you wasted my time the other time, James. Nah, I never, um, you know. <laughs> Got me in for a podcast that never was. It's uh, it's, it's it'll be it'll be out imminently, mate. You don't worry. About I know. It. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I think well, probably to start with, you should give us a bit of a, a rundown of of your trip. Really, um, I know that's quite broad, but um, any particular highlights or where to start? Really. Um... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've 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 probably bored people to death already. Anyway, with 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 things that have happened. I mean, it was great going to the other side of the world, eight different countries, um, just seeing a way of life that is completely different to the one that I've ever ever been accustomed to, um, from the the, the poverty um, to the fact that they've only got maybe four different meals to choose from. Um, so the diet, uh, the heat, the the environment. Um, and that was really eye-opening. And it was great, obviously, to be out there and be creative, to write and to, to take photos because it was, it was just like discovering a, a whole new world, really. Um, I mean, highlights-wise, I mean, this has been some great ones, some, some that I probably couldn't share on here. Um, but... Um, some that, some that, yeah. I mean, Costa Rica, beautiful country. You know, having a, having a, a, a room in 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 the cloud forest up in the mountains. Just you can just see nature for for miles. Um, 
Kekolka, an island just off Belize, was just like nowhere I'd ever seen before. No cars, no, no nothing like that. Just push bikes and and retired golf buggies. Um, lots of partying as well. Uh, all of it was just yeah, it was great climbing, climbing up um, waterfalls, climbing down waterfall, falling down, um, <laughs> as, as was the case. Um, yeah, it was just three months of of just action packed fun, uh, some tears along the way, uh, and yeah, it was just great to just to have a, a an open field of creativity whilst I was out there. Do you feel like you kind of slotted into a bit of a routine at all? Do you feel like you had like a pattern of your, your how you spend your days? When when I was out there, yeah, yeah. Um, yes and, and no. Um, meal wise, yes. Uh, I'm I've got celiac disease, so I kind of had to get into a bit of a rhythm in that sense. Um, but yeah, there, there was. There were days where you'd do something like, like I say, like going up the waterfall or, or zip lining, which was kind of a little bit against the norm. And then there was just those consistent days where you would just maybe chill out, go to a coffee shop, um, do some writing, uh, just relax in your digs, meet up with some of your friends for drinks in the evening. I guess that was kind of the, the main routine. The, the, the thing that I tried to do um is as soon as i wake up have my breakfast and then uh write an article or or go out and shoot some photography and i tried to keep that routine throughout um that all depended on how much rum and coke i had drank the previous night before um i mean rum and coke you know in living in london you play pay sorry maybe five six quid 50p um <laughs> over there so yeah. So yeah, but routine wise, I just try to do my creative things in in the morning, and then just spend time, obviously, with uh, my now ex girlfriend uh, when 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 she arose and and go travelling. And then you had the travel days in between, obviously, which were just sit on a couch and sleep for twelve hours. <laughs> did Did you feel like you were drawn to anything particular when you were like shooting or writing? Was there anything? that became like a bit of a theme for you to look at or anything that was particularly uh, intriguing for you in the, like a different culture? Photography wise, um, the, the biggest challenge, um, and it wasn't exactly, I, I wasn't drawn to, to, to maybe taking pictures of anything in particular per se, but I, I was drawn to the, the challenge of, of, of kind of, overcoming a barrier of, of shooting photography whilst I was out there. And, and the reason is, um, you know, and I, I don't think I'd ever, ever, I'd never felt this before. So it, it was a bit of a shock when it happened, but you know, out there, I already stood out like a sore thumb because I, you know, I was, I, I was this white British man who, who, who didn't, who didn't fit in with, with, with the people, um, around him. And then I'm carrying, you know, quite expensive gear, um, and unfortunately, because because of the poverty there, you, you do have to have that thing in the back of your head that you know you could get robbed at any point here, um, and there'd not be really much you could do about it. It'd just be a thing that happened. Like you'd have to give your camera away. The police probably 
wouldn't do that much and and that'd be it so it was kind of overcoming that barrier of of wanting to be creative and kind of letting go and saying well if it does get stolen I'd rather I'd rather it get stolen with me trying to 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 shoot photography than me not shoot photography at all um so that was the biggest kind of challenge writing wise it was a mixture really of like documenting places that I'd been so some matter of fact articles um and 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 some kind of traveling uh listicles you know how how to overcome or things to do when you're traveling with your girlfriend, uh, which I, you know, clearly paid no attention to, but I just wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, And then, yeah. And kind of discussing the creative process of, of overcoming those mental barriers of, of, of being in an environment where you're not in your comfort zone. You know, if I, if I'm in London, um, it's like second nature. I'm not even, you know, I'm present, but it's, it, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so into it and I'm so in a flow and I'm so comfortable in that environment that there's not much to worry about other than trying to, to, to make some good photos. But so, in this environment, it was completely different. There's a lot of things to think about whilst trying to still be productive. Can you think of like, was there specific things that you're more aware of because of that? So say, for example, you know, is your, is your eye maybe naturally drawn more to people that you maybe would consider threatening or, you know, mm. I mean, did that, did that have an effect on what you were then taking photos of? Um, well, if, if my eye was drawn to someone that seemed threatening, um, I certainly wasn't taking photos of them. I, 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 I was walking away from them. To be honest with you, um, and this this is this was quite a good thing, is now as as a street photographer, um, as a male street photographer, there's there's always been one frustration um, that I've had, and that's the way that taking images of children is is sometimes. Um, frowned upon uh, and I actually wrote a post about about this because you know as as someone who is a, a, a morally sound man and comfortable you know that his actions are always good intentions um, if I'm if I'm taking a photograph of a child um, it's because I see there's some story there there's youth there's a lot more expression in a child's face because they don't have kind of those social barriers that we get as adults um so that they simply put children just do not care what they do in public um and that can make for good photography so whilst i was out there because it was um you know i I had to be a bit mindful of potential threats children were obviously the least threatening um subject that i i I found around me um and it was quite fun actually you know i I got some good shots i even you know where i could um i would speak with them and talk to them try and get to know them um thankfully my girlfriend was with me so that kind of helped the process of you know debunking any um oh what's this weird man doing speaking (laughs) to me um and yeah, it, and then since then, it's kind of helped me get over that barrier of like, oh, there's something wrong if I take pictures of children because, because you know, legally there isn't in, in a street in a public setting. Um, and I know in terms of my intentions, um, morally there isn't either. It's you know, it's purely for cr- creative purposes. And I went to Spain afterwards. I just got back last week. 
Um, and now that kind of barrier is gone and, mm. and you, you can get some really good, you know, thought provoking, interesting images. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's interesting. I mean, do you feel like either your work process or even you personally has changed in any, in any other ways because of your trip? Um, I, in terms the, the hunger is, is more there, but now, now I've had that, that space to, to just create when I want, um, for how long as, uh, for however long that I want. Um, it's kind of, it's just taking my interest and my ambition to the next level. Um, in terms of how I work as a street photographer, for example, uh, I guess I, I've, I've lost a lot of, um, yeah, just psychological barriers, really. When, when you can go to the other side of the world, go to as you know eight eight countries, um, four of which are supposedly meant to be the most dangerous countries on the planet. Which I, I can actually tell you. My experience in all of these countries, um, I didn't have any troubles. No one tried to steal my camera, uh, and everyone was pretty pleasant. But that thought is always there because of what you read before you go. Um, but knowing that I can work in that kind of environment just made me feel like I can I can do my work everywhere um, without having to worry about other people's perception. So, mm. yeah, it's just made me more hungry and. In, in a positive kind of way, a bit more ruthless in the way that, that, that I approach the craft. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think there were any other challenges? I mean, you said obviously being a bit like conscious, self-conscious or aware of people and it's probably, I guess, the closest I can think of from what you've said in terms of like a, a block to your work, but was there anything else, maybe like procrastination-wise, did you ever sometimes feel like one day that you just weren't in the mood or... You know, when you when you have that much, when you have the the possibility of doing anything, sometimes it's a bit hard to kind of get focused and get to get stuck in, right? Yeah, um, that that was definitely there. Um, I think you know the 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 biggest kind of uh, cause of procrastinating was some days you just wanted to have fun. It's like, when am I ever going to be a you know? This uh, in this part of the world with all these opportunities to go jump in the sea and 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 you know bike ride at sunrise and uh, go at volcanoes and I think you know some and then you think oh well I told myself on Wednesday that you know I tried to post Monday Wednesday Friday um, and then Wednesday had come and it's like right we're up at six and we're going here and we've got and of course you don't want to be like well, I do need two hours to write a new article. And then, so Wednesday would pass. And then instead of just doing it Thursday, it'd be like, well, I wouldn't write Thursday anyway. And then, so sometimes if, if activities got in the way, um, things may, may not have happened creatively, but in all honesty, because, because of, you know, because of what I was doing, I didn't beat myself up too much about it. If if I was just like laying there and not being creative, um, which I, honestly, in the three months, I don't think that happened once. I think if I didn't produce something, um, it was because something unmissable got in the way. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's something that I'm kind of experiencing at the moment as well. Like, you know, like you say, in that environment where that is basically your only real focus, you don't have to go to work or whatever. So you, mm-hmm. you have kind of built a, a normal routine that you're trying to stick to. Sometimes it gets knocked off course because you've got something else to do but like even still in general you're still creating a lot more than you would have the time to do when you're at home and you have to go to work and everything else is in the way so like you know if you lose a day and you go off to do something else that's not the end of the world as long as you're I mean I feel at the moment that I'm a lot more uh, productive and in the times that I am focused on it because I know that I have this window and I just get focused and I don't mess around just dig in do what I need to uh, and then I can pack up and go sit on a mountain or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there is, like, like you say, the more time you have, the more damage limitation that, that, that can be done. Because if you do miss that day, it, you, you can make up for it pretty quickly. Um, whereas when you're in the, the everyday norms of, of the real world, um, <laughs> you know, it, if you miss your slot to, to, to produce something, um you know, it, it can be gone. And, and, and the good thing as well about when you're away, um, the production of, of any kind of content, whether it's articles, photos, video, um, it can be a lot more authentic because you're not necessarily always doing it um, when you need to. You can kind of do it when you want to. Um, I still think, like I say, there has to be an element of structure, hence why I had the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, but... I would also like, you know, I would also, if, if, if I was going to post on Wednesday, but I actually wanted to write on Saturday, then I would write it on Saturday and have it lined up for the Wednesday. So it, it wouldn't be a case of no Saturdays. I don't write. It's, I have to wait till Monday, Wednesday or Friday. Um, I was like, yeah, it's Saturday and I'm in the morning, you know, my girlfriend's having some, some downtime. I've not, you know, and I just feel like being creative and, or, or even on a Tuesday afternoon, but in, in the real world, you don't have that luxury because in Tuesday afternoon, there's some dude with a shirt and tie who you just want to tell him that you absolutely hate his guts, but you can't. You've got to smile and nod and laugh at his mediocre jokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and do that, but, yeah. That's so funny. Well, I think we should go to... Yeah, you won a travel photo competition with The Guardian, right? Well, for one of the yeah. shots that you took while you are away. Um yeah, tell us a bit about that, like what um, was going on at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I, having all this content, all these images, all these, you know, experiences, I thought, well, you know, there's there's a lot of ways I can share this. Obviously, there's the usual norms, social media. Um, and I was just looking at The Guardian, and The Guardian had, uh, they, so they do like a monthly travel photo competition. And then the 12 images that win throughout the year, then they, they, they choose the travel photo, the Guardian's travel f- uh, photo of the year. Um, so I'll find out about that in next year uh, if, if, if I've got it. But yeah, so I entered an image which had been immensely popular, to be honest with you, in terms of print sales, in terms of social media reaction. Um, Where were took, you when you took the photo? So that was in Cake Holker, which is an island just off Belize. Um, and it's... Uh, Obviously, people who, who, who are listening can't, can't see it, but it's an image of, uh, well, there's three stories going on in the image. They're, they're on the dock. Uh, would you call it a dock or a pier? A pier um, yeah, they're on, they're on a pier, um, and there's one 
were a couple of men pulling out uh, one lad from the sea. There's uh, a father and son at the top of this um, diving board, kind of hesitating, and then there's a woman um, relaxing on a phone, and there's also a, a, a kite flying in the background as well. So um, I think just because there are multiple stories within the image, but neither of them kind of encroach on the other, um, it's made it really popular and balanced. It's a balanced image, and you know, I showed it to my girlfriend, and she was like, "This this image will do well," and I like it. It's not my favorite image from, of what I've taken whilst I was out there, but it's definitely my most successful. So yeah, so I entered it to the Guardian, um, and then I got one email saying I'd been shortlisted, um, and I thought, "Oh, that's that's pretty cool." Never thought I'd I'd be the overall winner, and then the overall winner got released. I was in. Costa Rica and I'm just waking up and it's just uh, just had this email from the Guardian saying congratulations your your image has been selected uh, as, as the overall winner amazing uh, so yeah I mean look you know it's little things like that that they're not necessarily life-changing but they it, it can do you confidence uh, a, a world of good um, you know and with it being the Guardian there's there's obviously bragging rights there as well which Art should never be about bragging, but at the same time, it should. Uh, you know, <laughs> you should be able to, to show off a little bit when 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 you put hard work into creating something and, and it's recognised that you know you should be allowed to have a not arrogance, but a, a moment of saying I did well there and pat yourself on the back. Um, I mean, I feel so, like you've always been really good at uh, kind of self promotion that way, getting your art and your voice out there and contacting other people you know, whether it's like um sending off articles to get them into uh, publications and things like that like you maybe you should also talk about your your new your new opportunity yeah well so and this is this is quite an interesting story actually um well it's not that interesting but it, 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 there is a story to it so the the photographer uh, which is uh, one of the leading photography and creative blogs. It's it's mainly uh, around photography, hence photographer. Um, I'm now I've now joined the staff, and I'll be working with them as a as a feature writer, um, which is great because it's always good to land work um, and also to get to get paid to do something that that you love. Um, but the story to it is. I think in January, I started just being a contributor to them. So it was a once a month. I would send them an article. We would work on it together, myself and the editor. Um, and then they would put it on their website. And then 30 days later, I would put it on my website. So there was no monetary payment involved. Uh, to me, the advantages were it, it, it gets me thinking. It keeps me motivated. I learn from working with an editor I will, of course, reach their audience, which is, you know, vastly larger than the one I'm getting on my blog. Uh, and also I'll get a piece of content for my blog blog as well. And I remember there was quite a bit of backlash from that. Um, everyone's like, you shouldn't be working for no money. Like, this is everything. You're the problem with everything. And some people got quite mean. Uh, they were, you know, they were calling me scum. Someone called me a, uh, 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 can I swear? Yeah. Someone called me a piece of shit, and I was like, "Wow, this is intense." Um, and I, I remember I wrote a piece on it that you know you, you you always have to 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 think forward and 
not everything, if money isn't involved, it doesn't mean that you're working for free, um, if that makes sense. The, 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 the always has to, you always have to recognize a benefit and, and a point of investing into something. And if you as an individual think it's worthwhile, um, then go for it. And of course, six months later, had I not been a contributor, um, and it, literally, it wasn't that much. It was a couple of hours of my time per month. So even if I was to be paid for it, it, it wouldn't have been, you know, it, it'd be more of principle than 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 uh, anything. Uh, but if I hadn't been doing that, then I wouldn't have the job with them now. Um, and six months of doing that was was a good investment because it's it's certainly going to benefit me long term. Absolutely. And, you know, I got myself a job out of it as well. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, photographer. I'll be a features writer focusing on street photography and documentary photography and black and white. Okay. That's interesting. Is that like a bit of a new thing for you then, the black and white thing? No, that's just what they want. So it's going to have to be a new thing, really. Um, <laughs> as most of my, my stuff's colour. But, you know, I've, I do shoot black and white every now and then, but predominantly, I, I, I don't even know. I've got one black and white image on, on my instagram or my website so it's more personally but you know that's fine i like a challenge i think uh, as a writer uh, it, it shouldn't necessarily be about everything you're into you should be able to go out and educate yourself and learn about other processes but also then be able to communicate that in a clear way for for the audience mm. so it's just a challenge more than anything which i'm up for uh I'm going to backtrack slightly and get you to talk a little bit about your Spain trip because uh, that was quite soon after your other one, but it was a, a bit of a kind of an impul impulsive. Impulsive, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I went on this trip with my girlfriend um, who two weeks after said trip became my ex-girlfriend. Um, so... I still had money in the bank. I was like, right, okay, relationship's over. And, of course, it, it it's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and be all like, I was blasé about it. I was all like, yeah, whatever, next chapter of my life. There's, there's genuine impact that it has on you mentally. And in the first few weeks, it, also, it impacts you physically. Um, a, a large character in your life as as effectively they're dead in a way not 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 in the literal sense but in in your story as, as an individual they're dead um and that might sound cold but it's true and yeah i just was like i need to i've got two choices here i either hit the bottle or you know uh grieve in a, an unhealthy way or i just do what i do best which is travel take photos and write about it so i just booked a flight to spain and then literally 10 hours a day uh, far more than i was when i was in central america i was just up taking photos writing about photos editing photos um also writing a bit about the the process of grief and things like that mm, um, is it, is it grief isn't it it's... yeah it is grief it's it's and that's why when I say it's like a death it, or, or they're dead, it, 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 the, the brain can't, we know, but the brain and how the brain feeds things into your body can't tell the difference between someone dying and someone just no longer being in your life anymore. Um, mm. it, it's, it's still the same kind of thing because you don't talk to them, you know, 
all the pictures are lost. And it, it's sad, really, because you, you, you have this relationship and you've created all these kind of... You've created, like, a personality between the pair of you. And then you think about all these great times and laughter and things like that. And then you fast forward to the present moment. You know, you, you, you've both blocked each other on social media. Your telephone numbers have been deleted. Um, and that's, that's in any environment, whether it's a good thing for the relationship to be over or a bad thing. In, in, in my case, it was a good thing. Um, but it's still, it's still sad. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity for me to really just use creativity use photography use writing as therapy yeah, really it is, yeah. um and that doesn't mean i was walking around for 10 hours a day smiling there was a, a lot of emotional pain that i was working through but it just took the sting out of everything it gave me a reason to get up. You know, here I am in this beautiful country, uh, in some beautiful cities in Spain, and, you know, I'm not going to just stay in bed all day feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to have a fully charged camera battery, uh, you know, a fresh SD card, um, not a fresh one each time, I just mean a, yeah. you know, a, a white SD card, and I'm going to go out and see see what I see. And I, I personally speaking... I feel like I created better work mm -hmm. than I did when I was in Central America um, because there was just so much emotion behind it. And maybe when I look back in six to 12 months and that emotion has, has gone and the grieving process is over, maybe I won't look that fondly at those images as I do now, but it's just connected to so much psychological and emotional energy that when I look at the photos from Spain, it, it just—I don't know. I just—I I really feel like you can—you can totally tell the the creative work where emotions really got into it. I mean, like my best music that I've written recently is totally the same. Like moments when I've been particularly dark place or whatever, just that like shift of energy that you can totally see that in the work. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, so I don't think that well, will change. And I think people will no. be able to see it the other way as well. Like, it's not just you that sees that. I think that other people are able to see see the results of that. Mm. I mean, there's, there's an image. There's an image that I took, and it was... And I know why I took it, and I know when I look back at it in, 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 in time, it, I will be so grateful for it. But there was an image I took, and it was in... When I was in... I can't remember if it was in Zagarotha or Bilbao, but... Um, it's just of this couple who are hugging each other, but it wasn't just that there was just a lot of emotion and you could sense the connection between the two of them when, when, the, when they held each other. And I think I needed to take that picture because at that time, obviously you, when, when you come out of a, a relationship, when you have a breakup, you can become a little bit anti, anti relationship, like, you know, against them. Um, and you know, what's the point in love? Well, none of it's really worth it, but, looking at that image and just it it just reminds me of how beautiful and how powerful that connection between two people can be um and that despite you know any hardship or pain that it brings along the way that it's it's something that we should never turn our back on um we should never say goodbye to that experience with anybody 
or close the door on having that experience with anybody just because one chapter of our lives has come to an end. Um, you know, it, it, we should always, always be open to love and relationships because it, it is one of the greatest things we will ever do whilst we're alive, but also one of the worst things we'll ever do as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally. Here's what it is. Um, so, I mean, how do you feel about being back at the moment? Um, it all seems a bit surreal. I don't... Th- this whole year has been such a, a, a weird year from the, the January, which was kind of the final lead-up to going travelling, Um you know, meeting my dad for the first time in 10 years, doing the trip, breaking up from my girlfriend, going on this trip to Spain, now back at my my mum's house, which, you know, having left 12 years ago, I, I, I never thought I would be there again. So everything just seems not like real life. Um, but I remind myself that it is real life and... I'm, I'm excited about being back because I, I just think that this whole year, as wonderful and challenging as it will be, it has been and will continue to be, is just going to be such a strong foundation of me going on, you know, having just turned 30 on, onto the next decade of my life, the next chapter. Um, do I want to go traveling again? Absolutely. That I'm not done there. Um, I see this, you know, immediate future six to 12 months is just uh, an opportunity to grow get some more money um, earn some money and then go and travel again mm-hmm. so yeah I've, I've not kind of hit the holiday blues yet I'm a bit more blue about Spain than I am Central America I'm not sure why maybe it's because you know uh, you know looking looking on it um I felt more myself in Spain than I did in Central America. When you're in a relationship which was clear, you know, it didn't just end suddenly. It wasn't like all roses and then we got back two weeks after and it was some big shock it was over. It was quite apparent throughout the trip that there were difficulties there. And that 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 would have probably been something that put a barrier on me creatively. Mm. Um, whereas in Spain, I, I, I was me again. I was this creative individual that, you know, just walk to the beat of my own drum. Um, so I'm, I kind of miss Spain more than I do Central America because I felt more like myself. Yeah. And how are you finding it shooting now you're back in Leeds? Leeds is interesting, really, because I'd never really done photography in Leeds. Um, I, I'd messed around with some point and shoots, uh, but it wasn't until I moved to London five, six years ago where I kind of was like, oh, I actually really like um, photography. Let's let's try and do this properly. So it, it is kind of, although it's my home and I, I grew up there for the best part of 24 years, um, it's kind of this new experience of, of being able to, to do photography um, for the first time in the city that, that I was born in. And you kind of feel a bit more of a, well, I do, sorry, a special kind of relationship you're not exploring per se because you, you, I know the city like like the back of my hand um, 
but I'm just kind of documenting things that I've got a nostalgic connection with, um, which is, is great really. And you kind of, you know, whether, whether you affiliate yourself with the local culture or not, it's, they're still a part of who you are. You know, those people, those towns, those streets, it's all a part of who you are as a person today. So there is a sense of pride doing it there. It's just, just a little bit, you know, weird when you hear someone like what are you pointing that camera at me for uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird because i mean i suppose that and you could almost look at that as being less street photography and almost like a autobiographical or you know it becomes mm-hmm. in some way more like like a portraiture of yourself in some ways because you're literally yeah. pick, you're choosing these locations that you already know really well and you're sounds like you're kind of searching for specific things really you're absolutely right. You, 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 in fact, you hit the nail on the head because, uh, and I wrote about this. It's, it is kind of like exactly that. It's a self-portrait. You know, when I'm when I'm taking a picture of someone outside a sweet shop at the 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 the, the Leeds Market, for example. You know, it's not just any sweet shop. It's a sweet shop I used to go to as a child to get my sweets, and it's as if in every frame, I do feel like I'm in it. Um, you know, and I, I, I go to, I I have gone to specific areas, you know, like my local neighborhood, you know, outside my old high school. Um, and every time I take that frame, um, I see myself, it's me walking down, down the hill from, 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 from a day at school. It's, it's me running on the, the skate park and, and going around. And it's, I guess it's a bit narcissistic really, but it's, not in a bad way, not in an unhealthy or toxic way. It's just, yeah, it's it's just, it, it's really interesting. It is really interesting being back and being able to do that. It, 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 it helps me go through my childhood as well, in a way. It helps me kind of think about who I was at that time. I was going to ask that. I mean, so I, I very rarely... <laughs> Go and see, you know, people that I used to hang around with back in, like, where my mum lives. But mm-hmm. when I do talk to people up there, quite often they end up telling me stories about things that we did when we were young that I have no longer any recollection of. And it was a yeah. kind of, like, realisation for me of them being in the environment all the time. They have those memories reinforced every time they walk down the street and they see, you know, mm-hmm. that tree that you used to climb in or, I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it would be quite interesting to spend some time and do a sort of take a look at all your old haunts i guess I, I, I think reminisce i would strongly suggest that you do that um <laughs> it, it is it, it's just you know if, if you if you don't completely hate where you came from uh, which i i don't um and i don't think you do either from, from our conversations uh, might not be where we want to be in life now but it's all like i say it's, it's always been a part of us and or even if you do hear where, where you came from, sometimes going back and just having that exploration and documenting it can, it, again, it can, it can be very therapeutic. Yeah. So I, I think anyone should go back and just, just take some photos and be present with, with where they grew up. Yeah. Nice. All right, man. Well, I think that would do for the, for the podcast today. Thanks so much for Sweet. chatting to me again. I promise you that no I'll get this one edited and I'll get it out this time, so I'll get it out in the next few days. And, uh, Thanks for having me. Okay, that's it for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about Dan's work, his social handle is danjinphoto. Jin is G-I-N-N. And also his website, danjinphoto.com. 
Before you go, I'm going to play you out with a first listen of Leave It Behind from my new EP, which drops next Monday, 19th of November, on Escape Everything. You can check in for updates on our website, escape-everything.com, or follow our Facebook and Instagram handle. Just search Escape Everything. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. <laughs>